Hello, ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome to another special episode of Explode Your Expert Business Show. And uh, today we have uh, a, a special topic because uh, recently we decided to not just talk about the strictly talking topics about how do you grow your business, how do you get more clients, but we're humans, stuff happens. And uh, I think one of the missions that we have here in GTEx is to make sure that the voices of our members are heard. And that's something that we've been doing more and more uh, over the years. And uh, this month uh, is June and uh, it is Pride Month. So we decided to have uh, a few of our members uh, that are part of the LGBTQI plus community and, and ask them, uh, what are their views? Like, What can we do as a business? What does Pride Month mean to them? Uh, what are some of the things that maybe there are subconscious biases that uh, people might have or businesses might have? that we are not even aware of. And these are all these conversations that uh, we, we should have so that we can understand each other better. So my intention for, for this interview is, uh, first of all, to understand. It's to understand better. It's a, it's a, it's a different word. It's a word that I'm not familiar with. And it's a word that, uh, uh, like any other uh, uh, variety, in this, which makes us human, needs to be respected and fully appreciated. And that's why we are here today. So I would love to get started introducing uh, uh, our guest today, uh, which is uh, Ian Philip James, uh, Claire Wilding, uh, and Mia Von Loga. So I want to get started with Mia. Uh, Mia, quick introduction about yourself and also uh, what does uh, Pride Month mean to you? Hi, Simone, and uh, Ian and Claire and uh, everybody out there. Thank you um, for, yeah, for, for um, having this interview. Um, so I, I want to start with the Pride Month and then I tell you what I'm about <laughs> because it, um, it's nowadays it is something that I fully celebrate, which I am so proud to be part of and which makes me happy. And I love that there is acknowledgement and that I can see all these beautiful, um, faces of, my community and that makes me really happy so it means a lot it's special to me and that's um it hasn't always been that way because not that it was um something bad but it was more like an exposure and something that we have to fight for and it doesn't you know it it still has elements of that but um i've fully grown into who i am and that's what i do that's something that is part of what I'm doing as a coach. So I am a founder and CEO, if you want, of different. That's part um, of what I do. And the other one is Beyond Defense. So I have got these two brands. And it's all about empowering your authentic self and live all the colors and to love being different. And so I, I just feel very comfortable in that rainbow. That's really what I like to show the world through who I am and want to be part of not only that, but represent that part proudly in the human world. So that, that's what it is. So mm. feels yeah. like there has been like a change of heart from how you were feeling before about Pride Month and how you're feeling now, which... Uh... Well, no, it's the history of Pride Month as well. You know, there was, if you go back in history um, in, in New York, when, when the first... Um, when the first um, parade came, you know, like started, it was, you know, it was a lot of violence. It was a lot of mm-hmm. horrible things these men had to go through, these these women also. And now it's, I can see that it has turned into a celebration and that we've, that we've grown stronger as a community. Yeah. And we've, you know, we have like claimed the space, taking, taken up the space that, that um, that, that, that we deserve. And um, when I said it was a bit difficult for me in the past, it was more like, I don't really want, I don't want to fight for this. Why do I need to fight for my right? Yeah. Like I'm here already. So why do I need to make the effort by the other stuff? So it was more of that. And now I'm just like, well, you know, it's still not great that we have to fight for it, but we are here already. So hmm, that's just how it is. Th- th- thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing. And uh, next up, we have uh, Ian. Ian, how about you? Interest, interaction of yourself and uh, what does Pride Month mean to you? Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Ian and I am a GTEx member. 
Uh, I also help uh, as a GTEx coach and uh, I help people with accountability, productivity, basically getting stuff done that they've been meaning to do for ages that haven't got around to doing yet. Uh, so what does Pride Month mean to me? Pride Month for me is a symbol of visibility and it is a symbol of instigating conversations of exploring what we don't know yet tackling things that haven't been tackled yet and celebrating things that we got done it's an interesting concept having pride in just being who you are um and the conversations that often come around are often very telling in what people don't know yet. So particularly when people start asking questions about the lifestyle choice uh, that LGBTQ people make. And often that instigates uh, a, a response of, well, it's, it's not actually a lifestyle. Some people choose a particular type of lifestyle, um, but for some people, it's just a matter of their being that's no different to someone having blue eyes or brown eyes. Um, and, and so that's quite interesting that Pride Month often amplifies conversations that otherwise might not have been had in the open. Mm -hmm. It's often, it's also an opportunity to see who is an ally and who is, uh, who, who still sometimes are, are outright not allies and also some people who are, are still on, on the fence about it. So people might see uh, a rainbow flag in a supermarket who are not from the LGBTQI plus community and be confused about why there's a rainbow flag at a supermarket. What has a, a supermarket got to do with that? Um, but for someone who is from that community, it actually allows one to think, ah, okay, this company supports that diversity and equal right so actually i feel safer in this place um i feel that the staff are probably considered more in this place uh and and so it's it's a kind of indication of, of where things are at in in something like uh sexuality which is otherwise invisible to the outside world um it enables us to see ah okay this is a this is a safe space for us. Uh, so, so yeah, that's, that's what it means to me. Well, thank you for sharing. And I have a follow-up question on this. So I'll get back to you in a, in a moment for, uh, on this topic. Because I want to introduce now Claire, Claire Wilding. Um, over to you, please introduce yourself. And what does Pride Month mean to you? Hello. Thank you, Simone. Thank you, everyone, uh, for today. Um, so, yeah, um, my name is Claire Wilding, as you know. I'm very much a, an LGBT. QIA plus um, activist, member of the community. Um, I've mentored people, I've supported people through different, you know, parts of their journey, journey through life, and all this sort of thing. And it really, it's something that I love so much about the world that people have such bravery and such um, a desire to just be their most authentic self, you know. And why not? Why not? Is all I would ask for that. That's who you were here to be. So what pride means to me um, personally is just being able to go out there, live your life and do it as authentically, as proudly and as comfortably as you possibly can. Obviously, amongst that as well as safety. The world is a much safer place nowadays because people are asking a lot more questions, because people are having a lot more curiosity and because people are a lot more open to these conversations that we've previously mentioned already. And that to me is amazing. The world has already come along such a long way so that we can just go along to these events and be part and parcel of the community that we're already in you know and it's wonderful to see so many people come together and so many people just celebrating life and celebrating being who they are and fundamentally to me that is what pride is all about it's just mm. about going out there and loving your life really that's what it's about. <laughs> there, is a, there is a common theme that I'm, that I'm hearing, that I'm listening from, from all your answers, which is one, a, a sense of uh, um, like joy of self-expression. 
this is who I am. Take me. <laughs> That's me. But the other part that is a recurring theme is the theme of safety. Uh, all of you mentioned, everyone here mentioned, I feel safer to be out there. And in fact, I wanted to go and ask Ian this question. You mentioned uh, businesses. Like we're talking, uh, I want to start a conversation talking immediately about businesses. Uh, for, uh, for someone part of the LGBTQI plus community, that rainbow flag means is a safe space that I can, I can be there. So how do you see businesses uh, at Pride Month? Uh, where is it uh, too much? Uh, when is a real sign? Hey, I'm, I'm with you. I'm here to support you. Or when is uh, actually a signs of uh, tokenism? <laughs> because it is, it can be a fine line. It can be a fine line. And one of the reasons why, you know, I've always, uh, done my inner work generally privately i generally did never talked about black lives matter until last year uh about things and how where do we stand with gtex never had this type of life before because i never wanted to be perceived as someone using this situation for something and i think there is a fine line so what i wanted to understand for you from you is what can businesses do and how important it is for business to create a safe space but also how do we not go into tokenism? Yeah, it's, it's a great question, Simone. The first thing is that there, there is a lot that you can do and there is a lot that it might not be such a good idea to do. So the first place that I would encourage you to begin is to talk to your LGBTQI plus uh, people and, and have a, a conversation about what you're thinking about doing, uh, how that might play out. Um, not only, interestingly, not only with your LGBTQI community, but also how it may play out with your non-LGBTQI community. Uh, there's, there's an interesting balance that, that I observe, particularly on social media, which is when people say, oh, well, you know, 50% of our staff are LGBTQI. And often what happens in those kind of conversations is then some people say, well, hang on a second, that's a bit unrepresentative. How come you've got so many LGBTQI um, members of staff? And often what happens is in that space, the, the intention and the point gets lost. And so what can happen, the, the, the ideal thing to do is to talk to people that are experienced and will have seen a lot of those kind of conversations to say, hey, this might play out like this. You might not get your intention across the line. Um, so your intention might be good, but it might not play out the way that you, you think it will. The other thing that you can do is when you're asking for that help is, is just check in whether your LGBTQI community want to help you with that so not everyone's the same so uh, some people are very keen and proactive uh, and and want to to help uh non-lgbtqi plus people to to achieve things and some people are kind of like i, I just want to be me like i you know and i don't really want to just talk with this stuff through all the time so just again just ask hey are you, would you like to be a part of this would you not like to be a part of this can i bounce this off you um, and just get a feel for it. You, you, they're like any, we're like any humans, right? In that um, we're, we're going to, there'll be some people who are up for it. There are some people who are not up for it. And, and the best thing to do is, is just ask. Um, in terms of the tokenism, I invite people always to think through the congruency of their actions. So, for example, if you wanted to launch an LGBTQI plus product, well, actually, why is it that you want to do that? Is it because you just want those people to be fans of you or to buy your products, which is bordering on exploitism? Or is it that actually you genuinely want to support this community? Um, and, and what is it that you want to do to support that community? And the other thing that I would say would be when you are thinking about that, check your congruency. So it's it's not okay to say, hey, I've got this tokenistic LGBTQI plus product, but then tomorrow sign a contract with a company that's got questionable backgrounds in how it treats its employees equally. 
So, you, yeah, you've got to check that your congruency goes all the way. So it's not just about the, um, the, the, the offer that businesses can put out there, but it's who do they do partnerships with? Who do they do business with? Because those things matter. And, uh, um, uh, and I think uh, to add something as well to the equation, uh, and that's something that happened uh, in a business meeting that I had, uh, I think it was like a few a couple of years ago. And uh, they, there has been an homophobic comment that was made towards a person. Now, the person who made it thought it was a joke. But uh, the other person that uh, received the comment, then uh, it, it was actually gay. Mm-hmm. And uh, it took, I, I saw that it, it took it really, really bad. And so uh, one of the things that uh, I struggled with it at, in that moment, and it took me like I stood out and said something, but it was very difficult. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was difficult because there was the, the judgment from others and so on. And, uh, but now I'm going against and voicing something that we, we could, we could see, but no one was saying anything. And there are all these moments that, uh, I think uh, for someone who is experienced, who's sitting on the other side of the table, you see something happening. Even if for you personally, it's not easy. It's not easy. Remember that, you know, for the other person is even more difficult. Um, mm-hmm. that's what, I learned in the exchange that I had also with, with, with that person involved. Mm. So these are some of the things that we can do as businesses. Um, a, good, um, a good way to think about it, Simone, is what do you do and how are you when you think no one is looking? Mm. Completely mm. agree with that. It's a very profound statement you just made. Yeah. Completely yeah. Agree. Because it's not just when we're representing um, and being the face of our brand. It's the brand that we are outside of that that is effectively how we authentically are as human beings. Yeah. You know, it's very easy. It can be very easy for people to put on a face and to put on a role when they're in the workspace. But the moment that they leave the office, they have very different opinions or very different ways of having those conversations that should really be very much more mm-hmm. mindful and mindfully, mindfully had. I, um, I would love now to jump to a topic of uh, inclusion. And uh, I know, Mia, that you have something to say around that. Because <laughs> you don't like that word too much. While if you're looking on social media, it's all about being more inclusive, right? <laughs> Companies' pages, all about being more inclusive. We are inclusive. We are inclusive. We are inclusive. And you say, actually, the word inclusion <laughs> is not yeah. the best word to use. So to tell us more about what you think about the topic. Well, to be fair, um, that was actually Dan Polly who um, put that seed into my mind and made me aware of it. So um, we know we all, I think, are familiar with Dan as a friend of us. And um, so um, he actually said that one day to me, "I, you know, I'm not using that word anymore." I was like, "Why is that?" He said, "Well, you know, fact is, we're here, <laughs> so you don't need to include us. We are here, so we are. You know, it's like." So it's about cohesion, and this it's if you think about it, if you think about the word inclusion, it means um, that there's something separated, and that's why I don't like it because in in reality, every day, yes, there are disadvantages, there is not equal rights, there is an inequality. Yet, fact also is we are here, and I'm saying that again in the whole. Um, diversity that who we are. We are here in shapes and all shapes and forms and colors and genders and identities and and the fact is we will not get rid of us because we're already here. So and the question is, do we want to be included? I don't want to be included. I want I am already a part of it. I want to be acknowledged for who I am. So I want this to be a unity. And that means I include you in my world if you are non-LGBT class, as much as you please include me into yours. Oh, I don't even, I don't actually know if I want to say please, but this is this is why I am a bit stepping away from the word inclusion. Mm. Because it's, yeah, I think yeah, that's that's it. Yeah, like, as you mentioned, it's a, it it implies a already a separation. Yeah. And what you said is switching the word inclusion with being acknowledged. So question is still with you, Mia. What can businesses do, in your opinion, to acknowledge uh, more members of the LGBTQI plus community 
within the organization and outside the organization? What are some of the things that people can do and businesses can do? Okay, um, so I I think first of all it has to start with your personal self. It has it has to start with the perception with with your um, with your mindset towards it and your education, and that's a fact. It's something where when I want to, when I am really a person who who um, is eager for equity, equality, let's say. Um, unity again or acknowledgement then I need to do the work and understand that means I'm not just walking around trying to figure out if there is someone maybe gay or not I do it whether I know someone's gay or not I just do it and then I I for, for just relating to what you said um about the situation with um that joke um whether that person was gay or not it should be just a value it should be just something like okay no discrimination we are all equal that's it so our values we represent in everything that we do i do it as a person i don't only do it when i'm at work i do because i fully embrace it and when you do it that also means um on a business level to go into communication and even if no one comes to the meeting set it up just i mean you know like Bring up the topic, bring it up, be the leader. It, it's a good thing for, a lead, for, you know, to put into leadership to say, okay, so I live this, I, maybe I do an event each month for this underrated group, for this underrated group. It, it's not even about only about LGBT+. It's about understanding that we are um, so diverse that um, the, the, you can, you know, for GTEx, for example, um, you can, you can just, open it up and say hey we have this event and we want to bring people together and you could actually name it that way and say and this is the topic of the event you know this is like we want to bring people together and we want to we want to be brave to be open and 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 talk about things openly and what you want to share you do share what you don't want to share that's also fair understand and make because it's an emotional process like help people to accept that People who have, who've come from a, but in any any anyhow on the way and in a disadvantaged path, that they probably had some challenges. And understanding that means they have their individual story, that they had to overcome some things, and um, that also means that they. And that's why I like equity more. That there is not, they do have not the same starting points and not the same. Um, I, I don't know the English word for it. I'm like the same. Uh, yeah, let's just say advantages. They don't have the same. Yeah. Yeah, you get it, right? If you've got yeah, the there's not, they don't have the same starting point. So understand that, and then um, just opening your mind to that, and for the for for the other parts, also say, hey, you know, be open to to support each other to come together, and. That is something, if you, I think if you bring this mentality and this culture into a business where we can all feel safe and all can feel open about who we are, now I'm getting goosebumps now, then you, you, you know, the best thing's going to happen is that it will probably work if you stand up as a leader yeah. and, and that you would just make it happen because the ones who are not aligned, they would probably leave. And let me just uh, spare one more sentence because I talked about the personal level. So if you want to show that as a corporate, that also means that you have to accept that you really, really mean it to do something that not brings you any benefit. That actually puts out something where you maybe you put a lot of money into an event and it's no, you're not a sponsor. You don't get no nothing, no cent, no penny out of it. And you might have some other loss, but you accept it because you say, I believe in this. You do, you do because you believe in it. You do because you care about it, not because of what the, the, the financial return that can come back to you. Yeah. Which goes back to the idea of tokenism as well. Yeah. Like, okay, what can you do to show that you really care and not just care for PR or publicity? Or- yes, of course. I mean, there are some, you know, in, in, in that way you can you know, to, to, to really mean it, say, okay, I'm going to work with suppliers, employees, marketing, public supporting, you know, all that, what you, what you mentioned before. Yeah, yeah. And, and the, the um, corporate idea of value to say, this is what we want to mm-hmm. support. 
and we yeah. do it. So I want to move on to Claire now because uh, we talked about creating spaces for communication, but there are situations in which uh, communication can be too much communication <laughs> because uh, on one side, uh, we are encouraged to ask questions. We are encouraged to learn from someone who is uh, different from us. And that's how we learn by having these conversations. But what are a thing that sometimes we can blur the line between something that can then feel, makes you feel very uncomfortable or makes us feel very uncomfortable. So Claire, what are, what are your, your thoughts around this topic? Hi, thank you for asking that. Actually, I've, um, I've got plenty of experiences that I can draw upon for that particular question. And one of the main ones was actually when I first started to come out. Um, this was about, how old am I? It's about seven years ago now. Um, and I'd known for a very long time. It had been very much in my consciousness. It was kind of building up. So it felt like a, a big unfulfilled hole inside of me. And I thought, no, I need to do this. I know this is right. I know this is who I am. I need to do this. So anyway, when I began that process, I didn't go about it half-heartedly at all. I was very open. I was very authentic. I was very myself. But it did actually seem to welcome some very unsolicited questions. Um, throughout those earlier days of me actually starting to say, do you know what? Yeah, um, I, I like women um, and X, Y, and Z. And these unsolicited questions actually seem to be anything from, oh, um, so how do you know? Which can be a very innocent sounding question. But when it's then leading on to, oh, well, how do you know? Like if you've never slept with a bloke. And I thought that was very assumptive first and foremost, because we've all had our journeys, we've all had our experiences. But who is that person? Quite often a stranger to me to ask me those sort of questions from just meeting me, you mm. know? And quite often I found it was, it was, during, it was usually male, usually a male person, um, and usually someone who, I don't know, may or may not have been showing an interest in me. Obviously, I was completely oblivious to the case if it was. Um, but they always found it appropriate from their side to ask me these very unsolicited questions. Yep. And how do you feel about having children? How would you go about that? You know, um, how do you feel about marriage and all this sort of thing? And I'm, I would always turn around to them and say, do you know what? First and foremost, that's a very personal subject. I don't think it's really appropriate that you should go around asking people those sort of things right off mm. the bat because it's a time, it's a place, it's at a stage in your life when those conversations seem very relevant to be having. And with all due respect, I would much rather be having those conversations with my partner at the time than someone that I just happen to have met, you know, for a mm. moment. And it's getting people, it, without it being, um, you know, too shoved in their faces you know it's getting people to appreciate that it's not appropriate to go around asking people questions about their personal life certainly not when you're just meeting them because how I always turn it around on them actually now I always think how would you feel if I asked you if you wanted to get married how would you feel if I asked you whether or not you wanted to have children you know it's not something that is necessarily <laughs> mm. cool is it for what yeah, no it's like I don't, I don't know you <laughs> Yeah, like, convers certain conversation that uh, yeah, I can yeah. I can have later. Yeah, and sometimes I get asked questions like, um, I, I used to find whenever I walked into a new role, you know, obviously there would be people who were parents who would naturally ask me if I had children. And I would turn around and say, no, I don't have children. But then on some level, it would shut the conversation off. Um, and it would be like, you know, obviously because they've got a family outside of this environment, that is all they really know how to talk about they're very passionate very loving towards their family of course and I've kind of naturally ended that conversation but if it were to go into um you know how would you have children in the future all that sort of thing um it would be relevant it wouldn't mm. be oh oh okay we don't have children oh yeah oh you know well, is that something that you want you know it's how it's put it's how it's yeah. approached and it's whether or not it is appropriate for that point in time as to whether or not I feel comfortable to answer that question. 
Yeah, remember, you're not talking to like to 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 a to a scientific experiment. <laughs> it's not. It's another. It's another human being. Treat them like another human being. It's exactly, like exactly, don't yeah. ask questions you don't like to be asked yourself at, yeah, at different yeah. stages. Sometimes I used to like turning it around on them, saying, "Well, I'm actually a sister as well, and a and an auntie and a daughter, and all these <laughs> other things. Other things I can talk about, you know." <laughs> I know, I know Ian wanted to jump in on the topic. Ian? Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> thank you. A yeah. C- couple of things. Um, you, you already touched on it, Claire and, and Simone, but um, just really advice for people if they're, they're interested is when you're thinking about asking a question to an LGBTQI plus person, um, before you ask it, reverse it and ask it back on yourself to test the personal feeling or the absurdity of what you might (laughs) (laughs) when someone so for example to 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 give claire's example when someone says well have you ever tried it with a of of the opposite sex um if someone asked you that how would you react to that and and if the answer is like well duh then then there's your answer right there. <laughs> that's a great yeah. point and it's funny because especially if you have a very very straight or seemingly straight male asking you these questions have you ever tried it with another bloke like it seems really <laughs> rude <laughs> and, and they'd probably be horrified and and, yeah. and and whatever reaction they're feeling inside to that is the equivalent reaction um that, that exactly. we would be feeling and the the other thing on that is to consider the, the the sensitivity as well because sometimes when people ask say for example about like oh you know what about family or what about children and stuff like that if you knew that a couple were trying to have a child together would you continue to press them and say yeah but have you tried this and have you tried that and how do you feel and and something that people don't often realize uh, is, or, or I, I talk about my experience here, is that when I was growing up as like a kid, like in my you know ten years old, twelve years old, and stuff like that, I had the same picture in my house in my head as everybody else: a wife, kids, family, and stuff like that. And it was quite a crushing experience for me in my teens to acknowledge that that might not happen for me. That actually the idea of having a beautiful wife and a house and a couple of lovely children, like for me, that was like a really traumatic experience to yeah. understand that that might not happen to me. Um, and that, that that was going to be a lot more complex for me if I wanted it than, than, than normal people. Um, and so when people say like, well, what have you thought about having kids and stuff like that? It's, it's a pretty traumatic experience conversation yeah. so just wanted to share that yeah yeah just quickly um, um i think this is a very um, important point to touch on the sensitivity and um again i'm going back to um educate yourself there are also books and videos and like uh, you can find a lot of resources to understand the community or um you know a, a group a social group more than just asking a person so and then it's like you can you can gather a lot of information from that, mm-hmm. and you have to. Um, and I'm I'm looking at from a different point because I can be in the other group, right? I I, I am in you know like I have um, I'm a white person, so I have to do my work and understand and educate myself. I cannot just go randomly to someone who's not white, who's not my person, and say, hey, can you just tell me all about this? Because I don't know how to educate myself. That's not on. I need to, I need to do that part. Mm-hmm. And then um, go, if, I, if I do this, and I know, like Claire said, if I know this person, I might, you know, I might be able to ask, hey, is it, a, you know, I, I would really love to understand a little bit more. And I don't want you to be my my dummy but um, is there a possibility um do you feel like comfortable with with us having accommodation that is that you can ask you know permission or- uh, i mean that having that permission makes all the difference and then you can you can decide say hey no not right yeah. now it's not the right moment yes or- and that, the follow-up to say if i don't want to talk about it 
just don't be, you know, don't be mad at me. Just let me know. It's like, because that could be a follow-up reaction. It's like, oh, you don't even, you know, it's like, now how, how am I supposed to learn about it if you don't talk to me about it? It's like, okay, it's still my private. Yeah, but you're, you're not like a human textbook, are you? Like, I'm very, I'm very fortunate and I've always had a very inquisitive mind. I've loved to learn about other people and other people's backgrounds, especially people who are different to myself. Um, and it's meant that I've had a very wide, um, eclectic and diverse social life. You know, but I don't necessarily go and interrogate the people that I know about certain subjects because it doesn't seem right. It just doesn't seem like something that I I would feel comfortable doing. It's certainly not something I would feel comfortable asking mm-hmm. people about in terms of like, I don't know, um, having a, a biological sex change. It feels like something that's a little bit, you know, too personal to just outright ask someone about. So I do think um, certainly in the case of what you just said, asking um, in in a respect of curiosity yeah um you know so i might start that conversation if i was genuinely curious and say actually um you know i'm curious would you mind if i ask you about this and then with their permission going forward i would ask them the question but the person has to be in the right headspace to begin with they have to be in a receptive frame of mind and also willing to share that information you have to have built up a level of comfort with people you know, if it's a friend, I would feel much more comfortable asking a friend or someone that I knew um, well enough to think they might be quite comfortable with telling me that information mm-hmm. rather than just a random person, you know. But yeah. it, it's how you approach the subject. It's the, it's the entire context and how do you approach yeah. the subject, how do you approach the person. And yeah. uh, to summarize it, make sure if you're really interested, Google. Google <laughs> so, yeah. well, I know there is something called Google. Or, you know, you don't know, you don't just have <laughs> other human beings that you can ask questions. Do your due diligence and then ask questions, get to know people. And you will find that by approaching someone in a sensitive way, like you would like to be approached, knowing that the topic is sensitive because you're asking them about their sexual nature. I mean, <laughs> that's what we're talking about. It's not like the, 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 the sexual need, the, their minds, is their heart, is their soul, is their being. So anytime you ask a question like this, it's like, hey, it's just do your due diligence, learn some some of it, and then ask with permission. Now, there are two questions I have, and I know we are running a bit over, but uh, if, if that's okay for you, I would love to ask you these two more, two more questions. Uh, one is around generational gaps. Mm-hmm. And uh, I found like, and the question is, and I'll tell you why I'm asking this question. Actually, let me tell you why I'm asking the question. I'll tell you the question. Uh, and I was in Italy recently and uh, I had a few, um, I had a conversation with a, a, an old uh, member of my family and it was around the uh, gay marriages and gay having kids and uh, that there was a mention that, you know, like the poor kid and that broke my heart hearing that because like how selfish that can be and there was that conversation from the members like they know they are not going to fit into society and so on and i was like wow uh, now having said that is also she's also 90 years old which is a, a very different time from the time in which we are in now and being grown up with very different values. And from your perspective, which I'm sure that those things that I've just mentioned heard like crazy. Uh, and I, I, I'm, that's my assumption. I imagine that, but where do you draw the line of, you know what, there is no point in changing that mind of someone that is part of a generation that they couldn't possibly understand mm. or where, do, how would you have, or if you want to have that conversation, how would you have that conversation, that's, um, um, I, I would love to ask you, and I don't know if we want to get started answering this question. I mean, I... Well, um, Claire, <laughs> Claire and then Mia. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <started> then. <laughs> um, I've certainly had a generational experience myself, um, and it was, it was terrifying. It was absolutely terrifying. Um the particular relative that I have in mind is very, very traditional, very, very, um, I want to say straight laced, very, very like almost like the matriarch of my family. So you can imagine someone whose opinion 
would actually make a difference or the response to what I was going to tell them would actually make a difference. Um, now, I found um, that when the time came, um, it was simply it was a big family event that was going on. I brought my partner at the time, introduced them, and it was a case of, oh, well, it's lovely to meet you, you know, um, and just a comfortable level of conversation. And this relative looked at me and went, I'm proud of you. <laughs> like, I'm really proud of you. And obviously, I'm quite, um, I'm very comfortable within my sexuality. I'm very comfortable with being out and proud about it. But on this particular occasion, it did actually make me think this would make a difference if the response wasn't necessarily a, a pleasant one. Now, the only thing that really comes to mind now about this particular relative, they're very receptive, they're very curious, they're very, um, you know, like conversations happen, they're very, very comfortable, it doesn't make a difference whatsoever. But the only thing that I would notice is the tendency to say the word friend when referring to my partner. Now, this can have mixed reactions, of course. You know, it's, it's better than saying, oh, no, they're not coming with you. You know, I'm not having it, this, that, and the other. But it's also the the difference in what the relationship is and how the relationship is portrayed. Mm -hmm. And whether or not it's just the fact of making themselves comfortable, which, yeah. you know. Right. Um, so that, for me, is certainly something that I have experienced. But on another generational level, I would yeah. say that, say, around my mum's generation, um, now, my mum's in her 50s, bless her. Um, so anywhere sort of between people in their 40s and their 50s, I would say that there's an awful lot of um, opening of minds because people are experiencing their children or their grandchildren being a lot more open and a lot more bold and brave about who they are within this generation. That they're actually naturally saying, do you know what, you're my child, you're my grandchild, regardless of who you are. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm curious. To, to meet this person who you are and support them in anything that they do. So there is still that level of curiosity, which I am fully for. Okay. And I will certainly encourage people to have that attitude, to learn, to go away, to do their research, but to also support the people that are in the world nowadays in mm. just being their most authentic. So the, there is a, like the generations are changing. And, yeah, yeah, uh, I, yeah. I want to hear from Mia now because uh, uh, she had something to say as well. Yeah, Mia? Um, well, I think, first of all, you said uh, that this person said, oh, the poor child, um, you know, it's not going to fit into society. I think my, my, so my first reaction is, well, you don't have to say it's a poor child. You have to say, what a poor society, right? Because it's like if that child you know, it's like raised with love, then it's a poor society. So instead of discussing it out and it's like, like you said, well, what's the sense and what's the goal here? Um, in this particular case today, I would probably just say, say it anyway. Say, well, you know, I don't, you know, you could have said something like, well, I don't think it's a poor child. Society's changing. That's good. Because it was a poor society before. Because, you know, if a child is, you know, is there, it should Get love and acknowledgement, yeah. and and so just don't try to discuss it with someone to the end, but stay to your stick to your truth. And there's a personal um, experience I have with my grandmother, and it was actually about um, mixed race babies. And she was like, "Well, you know, the poor child." She she it wasn't the exact phrasing, but it was similar. And um and and I was like, "Why do you think that?" And she was like, "Well." How can it identify? And I just, I just, I, I said back, I said, okay, I try to understand the thoughts. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying I approve them, but I try to understand them. And then um, I said to her, so what if we all have mixed babies? And it wouldn't matter because we would all be different colors and we would all be colorful. Maybe we would all be the same color at one point. You know, it's like, it's the approach to say that any child is poor is only when it's not healthy and not even then I know if it's a good child. Because mm -hmm. thinking about that, it's like the gift of life is so precious. But to talk about it in a different way and not go down the path, but just say, you know, maybe changing perspective a bit, but sticking yeah. to the truth. To, mm -hmm. this is, this is, yeah. this, you know. 
Okay. Uh, that, that's exactly the conversation. Uh, uh, not exactly, but that's very similar to the conversation that I had. Com- saying, I think my point was, you know, society has moved on. Um, what, uh, fortunately, what wasn't considered as acceptable before, now fortunately it is, and is celebrated. Not everywhere, not in every country in the world. We yeah. there are there are a lot of parts which where is not. But at least where we're living right now, it is. And that's the context in which we are talking. So I don't know, Ian, do you all want to, before I ask the last question, do you want to contribute to this particular conversation? Or Yeah, sure. Um, the, the, first of all, it's like there are open-minded people and closed-minded people in all generations. So there are young people today who are very unwelcoming and who, who would ask similar questions and, and say similar things. Uh, but also, like, I remember when I told my gran I was gay and this is my boyfriend, she's like, oh, that's nice, dear. Anyway, <laughs> we have, you know, um, you know, it was just like, it was just like a non-event for her. Um, so, so it's you know there is more common i think in older generations to not understand it and again i would invite people rather than to be cross or upset with other people is just to open the conversation and open the dialogue and just ask searching questions so in the same way uh, that as mia has said is actually it's quite helpful if other people do the work or it's quite helpful if people get curious and interested. In the same way, um, there is also a responsibility uh, on us as a community to also be curious, sensitive, and do some work as well. So actually, uh, why shouldn't I do some work to understand why people might feel like that of a particular generation? Why would I not seek permission of that other person? Say, hey, would it be okay if I just kind of examined that comment a little bit more? What is it exactly that you mean by that? Ah, okay. And 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 why do you think that person might be a poor child? I, I'd really like to understand what this means in your world. Um, because that way we can step into and meet each other and have a really good dialogue about it as opposed yeah. to, you don't know what you're talking about, you're wrong, you're old, uh, and things like that. <laughs> All of these things are likely to kind of create a deeper yeah. divergence. Yeah, yeah. Oh, th- thank you, thank you for sharing and uh, thank you for putting light. It has been a, a very enlightening conversation, I gotta say. And uh, I'm sure that everyone who is going to watch the video, or is watching the video, or is uh, or is um, uh, going to listen to the podcast, then you will have something to think about uh, here in the way you can act differently, in the way you can support, uh, in the way uh, you can be an ally, which uh, not just uh, on Pride Month but something that goes beyond. And in fact, that's uh, the, the final question. And uh, I will ask you to answer in a very succinct way uh, as we are we're running out of time now. Um, but to wrap up, what is, uh, that, uh, uh, what is that can be done, like one thing each that can be done to celebrate the LGBTQI plus community beyond Pride Month? Uh, let me start with Ian. It would be to call out discriminatory behaviour whenever you see it. Uh, If it's with friends, family, business, if you see it, call it out, even when it's hard. If you see it, call it out, even when it's hard. Thank you. Uh, How about Claire? Never be afraid to be authentic and to be yourself. You are you. There's only one of you. You were put on this planet for a reason. So honestly, you know, self-love, self-preservation is absolutely key. And if people don't like something about you, a problem with you, more with them more than it is with you. And and they can get your t-shirt. <laughs> and they can get my t-shirt. <laughs> awesome. How about yeah. you, Mia? I think this is a really difficult question to answer. I would pin it down to something that is more like a mindset, like, um, uh, you know, like a, a mind. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't like the word set either, but like I found a sentence once and it is, it, it changed my whole openness towards people and towards myself and for the situation happening. And that is accept 
everyone as a teacher. So whatever happens, if you, you have a situation, then to, to like, to, you know, according to what the other two beautiful beings said, to say, well, if there is a situation where, you know, you, you know, you, there would be support. If you have like a, a difficult um, conversation, if somebody is discriminated, take the situation as given, but see it and take everyone in there, including yourself as a teacher for what you can learn and what others can learn. And then have enough courage to follow through with that truth. Wow. Yeah. Find that and find the courage. Wow. It's been an incredible conversation. So quick round. How can people get in touch with you? Mia, you can start. Ah. <laughs> ah. <laughs> uh, um, you can you can find me not on Facebook anymore because I can't get hacked, so I'll just get that out. So you can uh, find me on Instagram um, at Mia von Loga, um, and also you can go to my website that's different.coach or beyonddefense.net and then I'm going to get your authentic self flourishing out there. Awesome. All the, all the contacts are going to be in the show notes. So make sure you scroll down and check them out. Uh, Ian, how about you? How can people reach out to you? Yeah, so you can contact me uh, via the GTX Coaches uh, page or alternatively my Facebook, which is uh, Ian Philip James. And I'll be happy to, to chat things through if anybody wants anything. Awesome. Thank you, Ian. Claire, how about you? Oh, well, you can certainly find me under Phoenix Rise Life Coaching on Facebook. You can find me on phoenixrisecoaching at gmail.com or, of course, get in touch with me via the GTEx community. And I am honestly happy to help you live a full, flourishing life and be the best you that you can be. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, everyone. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Ian. Thank you, Claire. Thank you, Mia, for being here and having this conversation with us. And I'm looking forward to seeing you next time. Always remember that together we grow exponentially. <laughs> Ciao. Thank you for listening to Explode Your Expert Business Show. If you enjoyed the interview, please subscribe to the show and leave us a review. Every week we will select a winner from the reviews that we get. So it might be you. Make sure you give us a review. It means the world to us and that's how we, we can help us grow the show. Also remember to download the Expert Business Checklist to get the roadmap on how to become an authority in your field. The link is in the show notes or you can visit gtex.events forward slash expert iPhone checklist. So it's gtex.events forward slash expert iPhone checklist. And as well, finally, if you want to receive daily support in your coaching and speaking business or explore how we can work together, join our private Facebook group, Explode Your Expert Biz. Again, you can find it on Facebook at Explode Your Expert Biz or the link is in the show notes. Thank you very much for listening. And until next time, remember that together we grow exponentially. <laughs>